When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest edition of Eagle Eyed View, our Crystal Palace weekly podcast. My name is Robert Warlow. Uh, I'm currently on the way back from Southampton, where Crystal Palace have won 2-1 this evening uh, to extend their good run of form and uh, one defeat in 11 games now, and they're away from away from trouble at the bottom of the uh, Premier League. I'm joined here with Mark by Mark Ritson and Jack Watson, who uh, have accompanied me down to uh, the South Coast today. So, Mark. Great result for uh, for Palace today, and uh, it, it keeps this good run going. It really does. I mean, at half time, we never saw it coming, did we? It's just, it really did show the character and determination. And you know, I think uh, I think Roy Hodgson obviously gave him a few harsh words. Um, he changed it. Let's be bold. There wasn't a there was not an injury to Yoan Kabai. Um, he took him off, and and he changed it around. He put Wilf up front. And um, and again, I think it was an inspired substitution. I thought Bakary Sacco caused them problems when he came on. I thought Townsend had a fantastic shift all evening. And um, and of course, Benteke may not have done much, but wow, when he stepped up, it was a fantastic header for the for the assist. And you know, James McArthur with a with a, with a lovely uh, equaliser. It might have been from close range, but you know, such a slippery surface um, to to finish it the way he did was outstanding. And then well. Uh, Luka Milivojevic. I mean, it was just a first-time hit from so far out again on a, such a slippery pitch. Well, he made up for it uh, for for what happened against Manchester City, didn't he? Yeah, and I, th- I think first half it kind of showed the the effort they put in against City. It sort of took its toll, but didn't it? Because first half they looked very sort of leggy and you know weary, fatigued. But second half, I don't think anyone expected that. The, the way that they you know came back into the game and to, to turn it around, really turn the game on its head. I think. They deserve a lot of credit for that. No, definitely. And, you know, they, they seem to come out like a different side, like a new lease of energy in the, in the second half. You're right. They did look leggy. They looked tired from what they did 48 hours beforehand. Um, there was no zest. They allowed Southampton to dominate uh, the play. And, and obviously, they, you know, Southampton went ahead. Um, they, but, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a rocket up their backside, if you like, from, from Roy Hodgson. Um, at half time and, and they just looked such a, a different team and um, you know I think in, in a way Wilfred Zaha was always going to cause uh, problems as we know but perhaps he uh, may not have been the star of the show tonight I think we'll all agree I think, I think like I said I thought Townsend put in a brilliant shift uh, all, all round um, and, and, and Sacco caused problems when he came on and, and of course Maka and, and Luca have, have, have uh, you know got the goals um, but uh, it it's just as you said, Rob, with the with the really you know great run of form they've had, um, the confidence is there. It is oozing, and the, and the and you know the defeat to Arsenal was was so narrow that uh, 
this was such a big game, not just for Palace, but for Southampton as well, um, you know, in the relegation battle. And of course, a great win before moving away to the FA Cup with Brighton next Monday. And Jack, I mean, a lot of the Palace fans on, on social media have been full of praise for Roy Hodgson and, you know, obviously the substitutions he made and the way that it, whatever he said, you know, it worked and it's turned, turned things around. And just for the, the general turnaround that Palace have had in the last few months. Absolutely. And I think just, just on today's game, I think we said it's such a great result. And it was a great result. One of the reasons was because the performance was was not you know that which we've been used to a Roy Hodgson team especially in the first half I think Roy would say that um, and I think at times Palace were quite lucky it was Southampton they were playing because another team might have taken advantage of that first half and you know put a few goals behind uh, Palace a few more and they might have been out of sight but the turnaround has been so good I mean, Palace up to you know some, a good place in the table at the moment maybe even start looking up the table um, and it's very easy to forget the the awful start we had at the beginning of the season because now we're actually in quite a good place. I mean, you look at the team today, there's a few key players missing. Um, that's the third game in six days and, you know, they've, they've grinded out a result. They've grinded out a win. That's another three points and, you know, they've got a nice break now before going into the game against Brighton. And obviously everyone knows what, what that will, will bring and FA Cup, I think it's almost not a bad time for it now, is it, with Palace in such good form and playing against their arch rivals. I think a few weeks ago when they, they went to the Amex they weren't in the best of form but they've you know since then well but just before that and, and since then they've really turned things around yeah I think uh, it, as we know like cup games are they are a little bit more open sometimes than Premier League games the you know the, the game on November the 28th wasn't perhaps um, I mean how do we put it it wasn't maybe the most enthralling at times obviously um, a lot of the uh, emphasis or a lot of the talking was made from off the pitch, but it was a it was a battling point, at, you know, in a time where Palace were, were trying to, you know, uh, you know, reignite their season. But but this is this this game with Brighton is, is it, I think it will be open, um, and, and Palace go into it a lot better state of mind. They'll be so much more confident, um, you know, and and they've been, you know, on on the road they haven't been too bad and. Um, yeah, it's, it, we know how tense it's going to be. It is another evening kickoff, and um, and Palace are going to be backed uh, by huge numbers once again. But uh, and again, as we've seen with Palace over the you know recent years, they have become a bit of a cup team. Uh, well, in the FA Cup anyway. And uh, you know what? What a great start! But you know to beat your rivals uh, to to get to the fourth round. I suppose the question is: Do Palace need a cut run this year, though, given the the position in the league? That's that. That's a good point, Rob. I did, th- I, you know, I did think that. It's. And I asked James McCarthy after that, to, you know, after the game tonight, and I think he looks at it as if it's it's another game to get another win to to keep to boost the confidence. And yeah, I do see that side of it. But you know, you know, the other side of it is too many games where you know the priority should it be on the league to make sure you, you know you stay up. But maybe perhaps with this win tonight at Southampton, that has given them a bit of breathing space um, for, for the time being before facing Burnley and then Arsenal. And I suppose the, the form that they're in and, and how they have been performing, it, it does give Roy Hodgson that chance almost to, to play a stronger team in the, in the FA Cup because to try and keep that momentum going. What do you think, Jack? Well, yeah, well with sort of the team he might play, we saw against Manchester City how good... Uh, Van Aanholt played how good uh, Reader will played 
So there are going to be players who will get, will get an opportunity. I would imagine there's a few players that Roy will rest from the first team having played so many games in the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be a great opportunity for some of those players to you know, kind of be knocking on the door of the first team and to show to Roy Hodgson why you know, they, they can back that performance um, against Manchester City up. They can back it up with a good performance against Brighton and then you know, maybe look at pushing for a first team place against Burnley. And you know, so there's, there's competition for some places in the team. Roy Hodgson um, will probably, you know, like I say, rest a few players in that game against Brighton. It's going to be huge for all the players taking part, and um, you know, obviously the fans will get behind the team. It's going to be a good match. But I suppose they, we know that Palace have got the injury problems. I know that Roy Hodgson has, has confirmed that Scott Dan and Jason Punchin out for the season now with knee ligament problem uh, injuries. That's obviously a blow, and in, we're into January now. Are you expecting uh, some movement in the market from them? I think that uh, their transfer plans have definitely um, changed now. But as Roy said after the Manchester City game, they they never really planned to to, to bring in a defender, and uh, I think they will do that now. You know, with with the injury to Scott Dan, it's, you know, one thing as well we pointed out: not they're not only just ruled out for the season, but Roy thinks they could be out for the summer. You know, we might not see them until next season. Um, so yeah, a, a defender now does become a. Um, a priority, uh, as well as a striker, which has been the case, as we know, for such a long time. And uh, Ben Take has, has, has struggled at time. He needs a bit of support from, you know, perhaps an out-and-out striker. And um, yeah, but we've seen it. We've we've always seen it, especially in January. That transfer plans they always do go down to the last day, don't they? they not many deals do go through the let's say twenty, you know, twenty-five days of January. They always. Um, Materialise on, on the last day, and, and you know, we were talking about it earlier. Palace play West Ham, don't they? At West Ham on the Tuesday night, and then transfer deadline days on the Wednesday. So um, it might give them a chance to, you know, they have a, a full day where there's no, no game involved mm. to, to get them over the line. But yeah, I think we'll be looking at at least two players. Do you think, as Jack said earlier, that the, those players who have come in in the last few games? They've they've shown you know shown Roy that they're worthy of a place in the squad and you know perhaps giving him something to think about when it comes to the transfers and you know where he does need to strengthen because the, the likes of Patrick Van Aanholt, Jairo Riedeveld who have almost come in from the cold really haven't, haven't been given many opportunities of late but they've come in and they've done they've you know they've put a shift and uh, done well for them and if we're talking about defensive you know Martin mm. Kelly yep. has done well he hasn't really put a foot wrong mm. so and and Martin Kelly's natural position is as is a centre back so. Do, do do Palace need another defender? Are they you know, that desperate? I know Roy said that they were a little bit, you know, they're stretched at the back, but you know they've got Fossu Mensah who can play right back. Kelly's come in and, and done fine. Um, obviously Tompkins is in there as well. Uh, you know Damon Delaney's a, you know a backup as well at the moment. Supposing you know if, if something does happen to another player, then I do see that side of it. Yeah, I mean they're only they're at that point probably where they're only one more injury away from it being almost an injury crisis at the back, aren't they? But but you, like, as you say, they have, they've still got a little bit of cover. They've got Joel Ward to come back. You know, left back, they've got two or three options with Pat Soiree, Patrick Van Aanholt, Jeffrey Schluck. And Mamadou Sacco, it sounds Sacco. like it might be at least two more weeks, mm. probably maximum three. So again, he comes back into the fray and, and, and pff, there you go. If he comes back, say, by the Arsenal game on the 20th or even... Um, the weekend after, which I think is the FA Cup, would yeah, be the fourth round. Four, yeah, if they make three, yeah. it, then um, then yeah, you know, if he comes in and, and does well, then Roy's uh, plans might go out the window in we, terms of defence. There's some first top players in there, though. We've seen 
Reed will play at centre back. Luca, yep. you know, can play at centre back if he's asked to do a job. And obviously, like you know, we've got Schlapp who can play anywhere on the left side. Van Arnold can do that as well. Kelly's versatile, so it's Forsy Mensah. So Roy has got some versatile players at the back which you can play around with. I know that one of the uh, the problem positions or the the problem position for a lot of people has been the striker this season with Benteke injured at different stages and 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 obviously not scoring many goals himself. But a, a quick word for Bakary Sacco. I mean, he, he's come on and he's he's had a good you know positive impact in the last two or three times he's come on the pitch as a substitute. I've been really impressed with him, Rob. I really have. I mean, tonight he he came on and he uh, well he caused Southampton's defence problems. I thought he bullied them. Um, and he wasn't afraid to have a go at them. Um, it is a new position for him. This more of a central striker. We saw at Wolves. He was, he was kind of like a like a, a left footed centre midfielder in, in a way at Wolves. But he was allowed to get forward and and then he and then Palace kind of turned him into a bit of a winger. But he hasn't perhaps had that pace as a winger, if you like. He, he is very big and mm. powerful, if you like. He hasn't um, hasn't got that pace. But this new position, he seems to have really embraced it. Um, and 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 perhaps he is playing for a new contracts as well. Well, today he seemed to be almost all over the place when he came on, and mm. he, he was he was popping up here, there, and everywhere, wasn't he? He, he came on almost. A, you, you expected him to play left wing when he came on because of the, the change that was made, but actually he turned up on the right. He turned up more centrally. You know, he he did like you say. He had a go at the Southampton defenders, and you know he wasn't afraid to get forward and on a on a heavy pitch and, and you know try and make things happen. Well, he came on. Um when Southampton were winning 1-0 five minutes later Palace scored the equaliser and they're gone to win um, I don't think that was a coincidence he really came on and he was just it was it was quite fresh when he came on um, Southampton weren't weren't looking like a good team when he arrived and he made things happen for Palace he made things tick and it, his performance might go under the radar a little bit today with Lucas scoring and MacArthur getting his goal as well but he came on and really made a difference for Palace The big thing as well is his injury record he has to stay injury-free now for me to the end of the season, especially in terms of a new contract. Mm. That, that, that's been a big, big thing for him. We know he's got a hammer of a left foot. He can really, really strike the ball. Um, you know, give him a chance. We remember that opening day a couple of years or, mm. you know, against Villa um, when, he won, when he scored in, in the last few minutes. Um, so, yeah, he's got a fantastic left foot. Um, but, yeah, and he's, just got, he's just got to stay injury-free for me. And I suppose there's also Connor Wickham to come back, isn't there? He's, he's working his way back towards fitness, and they're hopeful that it's not going to be f- too long now. Although, albeit, it's you know going to take him a bit of time to get up to speed, isn't it? After such a long injury layoff. Yeah, no, of course it's it's it'll be fantastic, Connor back. Um, it's again, it's has he really got going in a Palace shirt? Um, yeah, he needs a, a run of games. He I mean, he did really 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 well on that FA Cup run, didn't he? Scored in the semi final yeah. um, against Watford. But uh, again, he, he's another one. He, he needs to finally stay injury free, get a run of games, and, and, and get some goals because he, you know, perhaps hasn't been as prolific as we as we'd hoped. But again, everyone is going to be wanting a striker this month. We're, you know, there's so many teams out there that want a striker, and uh, you know, who's available in England really mm. is a case of getting someone in from abroad. Cool. That, that's, that's Palace's new signing Connor Wickham coming back into the team could feel like a, a brand new signing oh of course it will um, yeah, yeah, yeah. fairly versatile as well he's played on the left as well as well through the middle but he's been he's a he's a goal scorer um, give him a run in the team where he can stay fit um, and he can mount a real challenge to Christian Benteke for that you know starting position up front and that 
that healthier competition might push Benteke to score a few more goals. I know Roy Hodgson will certainly hope that's the case. Do you think both could play together? Or are they too similar? In terms of, they're, they're both big guys, yeah. aren't they? Perhaps might not work. And especially as soon as Connor comes back, that wouldn't be the case. I'm just saying, but when he's fully fit, could they play with two up front? Or is that just not the Palace way? And we've seen so many teams playing with one man up front. I think they could do they They'd be a real handful for defenders. If you're two centre-backs and you're looking oh, at course, the yeah. opposition and you've got Benteke and Wickham against you, it's going to be a hard game for you. Um, whether that leaves you a little bit light behind the strikers in the midfield, that might be the concern because you've, you'll have presumably Zahar and Townsend and that's a very attacking four. Um, so I don't think they'll start together, but there certainly could be times where Paris are looking for a goal late on and Wickham could perhaps come off the bench or Benteke can come off the bench and join join the other player up front and together they can be a real handful and I'm just I'm sure every Crystal Palace fan will be hoping Wickham makes a speedy return to the team I think we saw that didn't we when Alan Pardew was in charge and obviously he, you know they signed Benteke under his management and Benteke and Wickham there was a couple of times at the start of last season where they did try and play them together and it just didn't work and I think, it, yes, it was the early stages of Benteke at the club and obviously trying to make the, you know work out the best way to play. But it, I think actually it worked better when he did come off the, the bench. You know, Generally, it was Benteke starting and Conor Wickham coming from the bench. I remember the game at Burnley where Conor Wickham came on and really made a difference and scored a goal you know, and, and, and Palace got back into it when he was on the pitch. So, I, I like Jack said, I think it would be... It wouldn't be a case of starting Wickham and Benteke together. I think perhaps you might see it as Wickham perhaps comes off the bench to provide that extra bit of attacking threat, and they might go. You know, if they're if they're chasing the game, they might put two up top. But I don't see it being from the start. I think it's too much of a drastic change of the way Palace have been playing, and I think it's the knock-on effect it would have on other positions. You know, and the personnel they've got. Because who who would you drop to create a second? position up front you mm-hmm. know you, you've got to look at the midfield and it has been working with Luka Milvojevic Johan Kabai today it was James MacArthur they've had Ruben Loftus-Cheek in there you know the, I think Palace are well stocked midfield yeah I mean well stocked obviously, obviously they have had the injury to Jason Puncher now which you know may may affect things slightly I mean Roy Hodgson did say that he said recently that he didn't feel that there, were, there was quite enough cover of the, of the standard that he wanted, which I suppose is a hint that you know perhaps a couple of the the squad players who can play in midfield may you know may not be featuring in his plans. You, you've got the likes of Jordan Much, Chung Young Lee, who haven't featured really at all. Um, it wouldn't be a surprise for me if if you know if offers were to come in if they were to move on this this January. Um, we'll, we'll see, obviously, if, if you know if there are any offers do come in for them. But I think the injury to Jason Punchin. It may make Roy Hodgson think, you know, if if there's, I don't think it's the priority. I think there's there, there are other areas in the squad that he would look to strengthen first. But if perhaps one of two, one or two of those players that I just mentioned there moved on, he might look to get someone else in, be it a late call, you know, a late deadline day signing as a as a you know backup, someone to to help out in in a you know time of need when they need someone in midfield. And obviously, then the, the final position we haven't mentioned is is the goalkeeper. And you know, Wayne Hennessy's come back in. Um, Jules has gone back out again. Um, I thought Wayne, you know, tonight in terms of Southampton, I don't think he did much wrong. No. Didn't do much wrong. Uh, I think the position looks like it's uh, it is his again. 
um, for the time being. I think he'll probably will start at, at Brighton uh, mm-hmm. on, on Monday. But in terms of transfers, obviously uh, the Ipswich man uh, Bielkowski, yeah. he he was been li- he's been linked in the in the press in the last few days. Um, I've seen some fans on on social media, you know, suggesting he's, he's not he's not good enough. He's he's been in the championship. Well, you know, is this is this someone that they're going to bring in that's going to be number one straight away, or is it again? Are they looking for the summer to um, you know be a backup? Because obviously Jules is not getting any younger either. I personally think that they're not looking as that as we need to, we need to sign the number one. I think it's someone to compete and be a third goalkeeper. I think that's what. Roy Hodgson has said, you know, he wants a third senior goalkeeper. Well, that's what someone like Bill Kowski would, you know, provide. I think he would be competition for for Hennessy and Speroni, keep them on their toes, and you know, he, whether he would feature this this season or not, I don't mm. know. But I think you're probably looking at, given the priorities that lie elsewhere in the side, I don't think they're going to go out and splash their cash on a, a number one goalkeeper no. in January. No. I think they may look to do that in the summer. And say right, we know we do want to have a first choice goalkeeper. If you know, we've said about Julian Speroni, I, I, I think that Palace will still offer him a new deal at the end of the season. I think it might be another one year. Yeah, it um, doesn't look like he's going to retire. He, he doesn't. He wants to play until he's forty. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's fine. That they may offer you know probably be another one year contract. Won't yeah, it? I think so. His age, I don't think he'd expect any different. To be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as as you know, as for now in January, I think that. That's probably where they're looking at. It's someone who can come in and be that third choice, or you know, compete with those other two. And if there are, you know, if there is an injury problem, then they've got someone else, you know, who, who can step in there to, to to fulfill that role. And yeah, I, I, that's what I kind of see Palace doing goalkeeper-wise. I don't think they're going to go out and spend big to bring no. in number one. I think I still it think will the priorities a man up front. Yeah, a man I up do. front. And, I think that was all. That's always been the plan. Yeah, and probably, been... and possibly given the injury situation, another defender now. Yeah, yeah, I think the injury to Scott Dan, you know, him being out for the season, will have an impact. Particularly as you know, we have seen with Mamadou Sakho, he has had a few injuries over you know over his career, and and he's obviously got a calf problem at the moment, which is keeping him out. So, and you also have to look at the like James Tompkins, his injury record. You know, he's he's at the moment been been mm. fit for a, a good few weeks but he has had injury problems in the past so I think that is another area they'll look to, to try and cover in January where they get someone from who knows I mean one of the names that's been linked is, is Alfie Mawson well is Swansea really going to sell to a rival I don't think so mm. um, especially in their you know in their predicament, what, yeah. What they're what they're fighting up against, they won't want to lose anyone, uh, no. any of their bad players. I mean, yeah, Mawson scored against Palace, didn't he? At Salah, I think he got. He did, yeah. A glancing header last year. Yeah. Last year. So, yeah. Um, but I think you know we, we've seen it with Palace before in, in the January transfer window. Look at last last uh, January, they bought Luka Milivojevic and Mamadou Sakho on the last day, you know, uh-huh. in, on, in on loan. So you know they're obviously not afraid to to get someone from abroad. You know, Luka Milivojevic was wouldn't have been. That well known to English no, no one you know, was football fans it in England, no. no so, so I think that they'll have the scouts out. They will have done for the last few months. You know, we've we've heard the name Saint Tosin mentioned. You know, but I'm sure I'm sure Kumar Babakar will get linked for the uh, <laughs> 172nd time. I'm sure there'll be plenty of plenty of names over the next few weeks. But that's uh, the fun of the January transfer window, isn't it? No, it certainly is. Well, uh, yeah, it should be a, a fun month. But obviously, for for now, Palace is. Good run of form uh, continues, and I think they can go into the Brighton game 
um, with a lot of excitement and, and confidence and uh, and with the way they've been playing oh, you wouldn't back against them to go and win it no you wouldn't I'd, I'd, I'd said before the festive period that I thought it might be a draw and they come back to sell us for a oh, replay back to sell us yeah but you know the form they are in they've, they've picked up on the road and yeah. they are they are scoring goals they're causing teams problems so why not they'll, they'll go there full of confidence with the run they've been on and I don't expect there to be wholesale changes I think it'll be largely first choice with a, f- a couple of exceptions perhaps a couple of changes but I think they'll go there and, and factor their chances no definitely brilliant excellent well we'll end it there um, all the uh, reactions to the Southampton game will be on CroydonAdvertise.co.uk and uh, we'll be tweeting everything out from Advertiser CPFC on Twitter but thank you for listening and uh, thanks for joining me Mark thanks Jack thank you very much thank you and um, we'll speak to you soon